Praise God. Thank you for the warm welcome. I, res I appreciate the warm welcome. Welcome, everybody. I'm going to just get right into the word. I'm very excited to share with you today. Uh, for those who may be wondering where my wife is and our two boys, uh, our two boys are a little under the weather. They've been under the weather this past week, but they're, they're getting there. They're about 85, 90% there, so uh, you'll see them next week. Uh, but everyone is well in Jesus' name. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about Decision 2020. And for those who are not, you know, familiar with what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, um, we know that this year is a very important year politically. It's an, it's an election year. And um, you're going to be hearing a lot about, you know, who our next president is going to be for the next four years. And you've already been hearing about impeachment and any political junkies here? A couple of political, political junkies. Anybody hate politics? You hate looking at the news? All right, I figured. You guys hate hearing about that, right? Any Trump lovers here? <laughs> well, I know, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, I'm not here to talk politics with you today. But what I am here to really highlight to you is that November 3rd, though it's an important day, and you're going to hear a lot about it throughout, throughout the, 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 the months to come, you have an election to make or to participate in right now. There's a lot of decisions you have to make right now before you get to November 3rd. And um, we first kicked off by making a comparison between two things that you have to vote on. One is you're either going to be a casual Christian or you're going to be a growing Christian. I want you to think about that for a second. Are you going to be a casual Christian or are you going to be a growing Christian? Let me just do a little bit of a review. I just feel to do that. There's a lot of people here today. You're Christian. You believe in Christ, you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, but you're living your Christian walk casually. You're not living it out with any kind of real purpose. You're just sort of just whatever. You know, I'm a Christian, I go to church, I say my prayers. Every once in a while I read the Bible, I'll go on version. You know, every once in a while I'll, you know, I'll do something spiritual. But at the end of the day, I'm living my life casually. It's just whatever it is. And God is giving you the option to make a decision. And he's saying you could either continue living casually as a Christian or you can make the decision that you're going to live a life that exemplifies growth. I want to be a growing Christian. I want to be one that is intent on growing in the things of God. Does that reflect anybody's heart today? The second thing we talked about is you have another decision to make, whether you're going to live your life From the perspective of scared money, somebody say scared money, or bold money. And I shared a little bit about what that looks like last week and simply meaning, do you live life or do you have a relationship with money that's based on your self-preservation? Do you look at money as the thing that you need to hold on to in order to be preserved and you are afraid of living life boldly, bold in generosity, bold in taking risks, bold in venturing out to the things that God may call you to, 
are you afraid of not having enough? And so you're constantly holding on to everything you have. Or are you afraid of not having enough? So you spend it all on yourself because you only live once. You only live once and life is short and I got to do for me. Or do you live life from a bold perspective, having the understanding that you have a heavenly father that takes good care of you? How many have made a decision that you're going to live bold money? Yeah, you're going to live bold. And I want to share a little bit more about that today, how to live boldly when it comes to money. I'm so happy that Maybelline shared the announcement earlier about the culture of money. I really, wanted, I really want you to sign up for this. Trust me, you really want to sign up for this. Um, how many know that you can go to um, a cafe and spend $25 like that? You can go to a movie and spend 50 Man, I remember I went to the movies a couple of few months ago I took it was me my wife and Sophia my goodness the movies now can run you 90 bucks 90 bucks you don't know how that works but trust me it works I remember we were trying to go to the movies and it, it was sold out in one place so we had to go to another place and then that one was sold out except the 3d version so you know you got to spend extra for that and then Sophia needs her her candy you know so and and, and the popcorn $90 for movies and I realize how easy it is to spend money on things, but we don't spend money on things that advances us financially. So I expect all of you, well, at least 50 of you, because we can only take 50. Literally, we're capping it at 50 because we're going to have some tables. We're going to have, it's going to be classroom style, and you're going to take some good notes, and it's going to really be a benefit to you, the culture of money. So I hope you participate in that. But I want to continue on with talking to you a little bit about how to live boldly when it comes to your money. God has something good for you today. Bold. Let me give you a definition of the word bold. Matter of fact, we'll put it on the screen. Let's read it together. One, two, three. I love that. Not hesitating or fearful in the face of of actual or possible danger or rebuff. I love that. Not hesitating. Somebody say not hesitating. not hesitating. There's some things that God wants to do with you financially, and it's going to require that you do not hesitate. Let me share a little bit about that. Isaiah 48, verse 17. This is a promise that the Lord gives his people. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. What does God do? He teaches you to profit. He wants to teach you how to profit. He wants to teach you how to better manage your money. He wants to teach you how to get out of debt. He wants to teach you how to spend your money. He wants to teach you how to make more money. He wants to teach you how to profit. Is God a good teacher? Can he teach? Can he teach you? Are you a good student? All right, so you're in the right place. God wants to teach you how to profit. That's his heart. His heart is not to see you struggle. His heart is not to see you in financial distress. His heart is not to see you live your entire life in debt. That's not his heart's desire. He wants to teach you how to profit. 
Now, let me just ask a question. All right, is it too warm in here? Are we good? I always like to do a heat check because, you know, I don't want you guys falling asleep on me. <laughs> Someone said he wants to teach me how to profit. Who teaches you to profit? Who leads you by the way you should go? Look at verse 21. When he led them through the deserts, he caused the waters to flow from the rock for them. Imagine that. God caused water to flow from a rock. God caused water to flow from a rock. He also split the rock and the waters gushed out. Notice it didn't trickle out. It wasn't a little drip. It gushed out. And I believe that God wants this to be our reality where there is a gush of breakthrough in our lives. Water is obviously very necessary. You could equate that to much more than money, obviously. If you, if you had money or water and you had to choose one, I hope you choose water, right? So I want you to realize that these people were in need. They were in desperate need. And what did God do? He caused a gusher. He caused a gusher to come from a rock. I believe it is to show that even if you're between a rock and a hard place, even if you are in a place where it seems like there is no life, there is no opportunity, no hope, how am I going to get out of debt? How am I going to ever get out of this neighborhood? How am I going to ever live a better life? How am I ever going to provide for my family? How am I ever going to get from this point to the next point? I want you to meditate on this. He caused water to gush from a rock. Your situation is no different from that. God will cause a gusher to come out for you and on your behalf. God has no problem increasing you. That's his specialty. And that is what he's going to do. He's going to teach you to profit, and he's going to cause a rock or, or that rock that you're, that, that you're up against. He's going to cause water to flow from that. How many can believe God for that? I believe that in the name of Jesus. He's the God of the impossible. He's the God of the impossible. Let's look at how he did this. Exodus 17, 3 to 6. Now, this is the people. They're complaining to Moses. Moses, you've brought us from Egypt to here, and you're, you, you brought us to a point where we're going to die. And they want to kill Moses. They want to stone Moses to death. And Moses is coming to God, and he's like, God, you got to do something. These people are going to kill me. So we read from verse 3, and the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, why is it you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, what shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel. Also, take in your hand your rod with which you struck the river and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Oreb, and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of, the, of, of Israel. So Moses had a rod. God instructed him, I want you to hit this rock. He hits this rock. Water comes out. What I want to really point out to you is that Moses came to God. God revealed to him what to do in this situation. He obeyed. It worked. This is what I want to let you know. I wholeheartedly know without a doubt 
Many of you have received revelation from the spirit. God has given you ideas. He has shown you what to do. He has given you inspiration. He has downloaded insight. He has excited you. You've received prophetic words. It feels good. This is my year. Oh, my God, I can't wait. You've journaled. You've shared. And you've done nothing. I'm not trying to get mad. I don't want you to be mad at me, but I want you to realize something. Because it, it dawned on me. I said, God, there's no way you're not talking to your people. There's no way you're not revealing things to your people. There's absolutely no way that we're praying, we're believing God, and we're ha hallelujah, we're shouting, we're clapping, we're starting. And then people not get revelation? No, 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 no. And God make very clear to me, look at how many times I've instructed people in the word to do something, and they did it. And here is the problem. Many times we get excited, but we don't do it. There's a story where a young girl named Rhoda, she was in, uh, this is an axe. She's in her house, and Peter was in jail. And Peter was miraculously rescued, miraculously rescued by, by an angel. And Peter comes to the house, and he's knocking on the door. And Rhoda comes to the door. She's like, who is it? And he's like, it's Peter. And the Bible says that she was so excited. She just ran out. She, she ran, not, she didn't open the door. She ran to everybody else. Peter's here, Peter's here. But she didn't open the door. The Lord showed me how many times people hear a knock. They were praying for Peter's deliverance. That deliverance comes knocking. And out of excitement, we just go back in the house. Oh, my God. God answered. And yet Peter's like, yo, I'm here. Open the door. And after he kept banging, that's when he finally opened. Matter of fact, they said, no, no, maybe it's his angel. That's not Peter at the door. Maybe it's his angel. They're praying for him. Think about this. They're praying, Lord, set him free. Lord, deliver him. Lord, do, do all of this. Peter's knocking at the door. She's excited. They don't believe it. The door's still closed. Many times, God is revealing things to us. He's answering us, but we're not opening up the door. So you'll see throughout scripture, when people had a financial burden, they cry to the Lord, Lord, what do I do? And then wisdom is given. And what you often find is that people do it and they see breakthrough. But you also find people not doing it and they remain in a place of struggle. I'm here to tell you with all authority, your days of struggling are over. Because you're going to be doers of the word in Jesus' name. So Moses took the rod. What did he do? He struck the rock. What happened? Water gushed out. Praise the Lord. Bold money. Why? Why is it bold? It's because you have to be bold to think that taking this stick and hitting this rock is going to make a difference. How stupid am I going to look? And I say, I'm looking at people all over. Moses, we need water. And I'm like, okay, guys, come here, come here, come here. You need water? Okay, give me my stick, Aaron. All right. You need, some, you need some water, right? Okay, here's some water. How stupid you got to look hitting a rock and expecting water to come out. Sometimes the breakthrough requires you to look stupid. Yeah, I got to say that because I want you to remember that. Sometimes you got to take a path that looks stupid. You're hitting a rock for water. What is wrong with you, bro? But guess what? When that water gushed, they weren't asking that. 
Breakthrough comes when you obey the voice of God. And obedience requires you to be bold in the face of people who look at you that this is silly. Why are you not finishing college? Why are you going this path? Why are you starting this business? Why did you stop this? Why did you start this? Why are you investing in this? This industry, don't you know it's a failing industry? Why are you doing this? The question is, did God say it? And if he did, you got to be bold in the face of people that may question your decisions. And I believe if you do so, you're going to experience a gusher in the name of Jesus. This is your gushing season. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Look at Numbers 20. Verse 7 to 12, this is Moses who was led to produce by using his words now. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, take the rod. This is the same situation. A, di a, diff a different account or, 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 or something that happened later, but the same situation that they're desperate for water. Moses, we need water. We know what you did last time. You hit the rock, but we're thirsty again. We're thirsty again, and we're going to kill you. I mean, it's amazing how the people of God, they, they, their hearts just got so cold. They, they disregarded the miracles of God. And a lot of times God will do breakthroughs in our lives. And if we're not grateful, we'll soon forget. And then we'll complain about the same thing next week. And God is like, look, didn't I, didn't I produce last time? Didn't I show you what I can do? These people were... People who weren't grateful, they were complainers, and they came to Moses. Moses, we're still thirsty. What you got now? And if you don't produce, we're killing you. We're going to stone you. So Moses, go, he goes back to the Lord. Lord, what are you going to do? God says, take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock before their eyes. What did he tell them to do? What did he tell them to do? So the first time he told them to hit the rock, now he's telling him to what? Speak to the rock before their eyes. I, I, want, them to, I want them to see this. Don't, don't, don't do it secretly because you don't want to look foolish. You know, all right, I hit, hit the rock last time and it worked. Now they're going to really think I'm, I'm crazy. Let me, let, me, let me speak quietly. Rock, give me some water. No, no, I want, I want this to be done before their eyes. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from, bef uh, from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, Hear now, you rebels. Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock. He did what? He didn't, but what didn't he do? He struck the rock twice with his rod, and water came out abundantly, and the congregation and their animals drank. Now, you may think, wow, Moses did something different than what God instructed him to do, and it still worked. Yeah, I have good news for you and bad news. You can do something that might appear to work, but it will come at a cost. He hit the rock twice, had to, had to exert more energy, and lost something in the process. And a lot of times God will tell you to do something, and you can say, all right, but I'll do it a little differently. His grace will allow that, and you'll still see his goodness, but there'll be something that you'll miss. 
I told you to speak to the rock, not hit the rock. Yeah, but, but God, is this, this what you did last time? Yeah, that was last time. It's a new day. I'm not going to always tell you the same thing, the same way. You got to be prepared to flow with what I'm saying now. And I want you to speak to the rock. So what happened? He struck it twice with his rod and water came out abundantly in the congregation and their animals drank. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe me. This was the issue. Sometimes people do certain things and they're working hard and they're exerting strength and they're hitting something with their hand and they're working something manually. And the root of it is they don't believe what God told them to do. And when you don't believe God's plan for your life, you will do it yourself. And when you do it yourself, you will miss out on the bigger picture. What was the bigger picture? It says, because you did not believe to, to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. That was a steep price to pay. A steep. I mean, this is Moses who delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of bondage, into the wilderness. God used him miraculously, and yet he could not enter into the fullness of what God actually promised because he did not believe God. I want you to really pay attention to this because every one of you sitting here has a financial plan crafted by God. As you're sitting here, I want you to ask yourself this question. What is God's financial plan for my life? Think about that question. I'm going to ask you. I want you to really think about it. What is God's financial plan for my life? He has a plan. He has a plan. He's not just leaving it up to chance. He's not leaving it up to the economy. He's not leaving it up to just whatever you decide. He's not leaving it up just your culture. What's in vogue? What's in, what industry's popping? No, God has a financial plan for your life. And he wants to reveal that to you. This is what I want you to pay attention to. God doesn't always lead you through a smooth path, but he always leads you to water. When you think about that, God doesn't always lead you through a smooth path, but he always leads you to water. Sometimes when things are going rough, we question whether God is in this. What, what, you know what you want to question? Whether or not there's water. There's water. If there's no water, it's not God. It could be rough, but if there's water, if God is providing water, God is not always providing a smooth path, but he's always leading you to water. A rock is just an opportunity for God to split something open that once was closed. What's been closed before you? What door has been shut? This is an opportunity for God to open something up for you. Sometimes you're going to have to do something with your hand. Sometimes you're going to have to use your mouth. And I want to tell you right now, some of you, your mouths have been closed. Your mouths have been closed. You've been working with your hand, but you have not been using your mouth. And if you want to hollow God, if you want to honor God, if you want to see God move on your behalf, you better get used to opening up that mouth, that big mouth of yours. <laughs> And speak what God has instructed you to speak. 
Because your mouth is your greatest weapon. Your mouth is your greatest asset. And there's some things you can't do by the strength of your hand, but you can prophesy it through the words of your mouth. And rocks will split on your behalf. Glory to God. Glory to God. I love the fact that Jesus said, roll away the stone. That's manual labor. There is manual labor involved. Yes, I'm not here to tell you you don't have to work. You might have to roll away the stone. There might be some things you have to push with your hand. You might have to exert some creativity. You might have to work. But after they rolled away the stone, Jesus then released words and spoke resurrection power to Lazarus. I'm telling you, there's a time to use your hands and there's a time to use your mouth. I want to prophesy to you today. This is the time for you to use your mouth. And if you were to use your mouth, rocks will split on your behalf. There will be a gusher of financial provision on your behalf if you begin to use your mouth in the name of Jesus. Sometimes you got to look at that mountain, that mountain of debt. You have to look at that mountain of impossibility. And you need to look at it and use your words. You need to begin to say, in the name of Jesus, this mountain shall become a plain. And I'm speaking grace, grace over this. In the name of the Lord, I do not look at my account. I do not look at what I have in the bank. I'm looking at the word of God. If God promised it to me, it's mine. And I'm speaking to that rock. That rock will split. In the name of the Lord Jesus, gather your family, gather those you live with, gather your children. Say, children, we're going to speak the word of the Lord today. We're going to declare. You want to go on a vacation this year? Begin to declare the Lord will provide. I don't know how I'm going to go, but the Lord will provide. Isn't that what Abraham did? I never thought about that, but isn't that what Abraham did? When he was about to sacrifice his son, and the, and the young boy was like, Dad, I see the I see the wood, I see the fire, but where, where, where's the sacrifice? Abraham didn't say, "Well, you're it," you know. He said, "The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide His own sacrifice." Isn't that what? He, I don't think Abraham knew what he was saying. I think he really thought, "Okay, this is it," but he said, "The Lord will provide." And as he spoke those words, and he's tying up his son, he's about to sacrifice his son. I know it's crazy. What happened? What he said, what he prophesied, what he didn't even fully understand was actually happening. That ram <laughs> was caught in the bush. That ram that the Lord provided, saw to it, came up. Why? Abraham said the Lord will provide his own sacrifice. I'm here to tell you, the Lord is ready to do great things in your life financially, but you need to start opening your mouth. What will the Lord do for you? What will the Lord do for you? Some of you, you're like, yeah, this is good, but, you know, I didn't really come to church to hear about money. And, you know, sometimes money makes me a little uncomfortable. And, you know, this doesn't seem as spiritual. And I'd rather hear about sin and, you know, not, 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 not live in sin and, you know, be holy. And some of you come from certain backgrounds where that was the predominant and you know we believe in holiness we believe we believe in righteousness but some of you feel like that's when God is speaking he's rebuking people you know live holy live righteous be pure but I want you to ask you, I want to ask you a question what do you spend most of your time doing in the week working thinking about money going to school what for money 
what happens is we know it's important, but then we act like God is not interested in the things we work so hard for. And God is like, I want to show you a better way. I don't want money to be your God. I don't want it to be the thing that you secretly idolize. I don't want it to be the thing that you worship. Let me show you how to master it and not allow it to master you. So don't, 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 don't get, you know, scared when you hear about money. This is what God wants for you. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you abundantly. And there's a kingdom way to do it. There's a worldly way to do it, but there's a kingdom way to do it. Let me share two stories with you and then we're done. Abraham. I want to share two people who did something very bold. Genesis 11, 31 to 32. And Terah took his son Abram and his godson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife. And they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans. We typically don't read all of this, but this is very, very important. Because what we typically read is how God spoke to Abraham, leave your family. But I want you to see something, because this is very, very important here. Lock in with me here. You're going to see something here. I'm going to start again. Terah took his son Abram. So Terah is the father of Abram. And his godson, his grandson Lot, the son of Haran. And his daughter-in-law, Sarai, his son Abram's wife. And they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to where? Where were they going? They were heading to the land of Canaan. That's where they were going. Keep that in mind. This is Abram's father. Okay? This is Abram's father. He rounds up Abram and his wife and Lot. He says, guys, we're going to the land of Canaan. This is where we're going. What happens? And they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. They came to Haran and did what? So the days of Terah were 205 years. And Terah died in Haran. Where did he die? Where was he trying to go to? He was trying to go to Canaan. He dwelt or settled in Haran. And that's where he ended up dying. Now we go to the next chapter, Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they parted. Departed to go to the land of what? So they ended up going to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan, and that land was the same land that Abram's father was heading. See, the reason why this is important is because a lot of times we think that Abraham was just one place, 
and this is where he was at, and this is this is where his family was, and that's that 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 was it. And God says, you know what? I want to take you. I want I want to bring you to a new place, a new land. True, but I want you to think about this. Is it possible that Abraham was fulfilling a call that his father did not? He was heading to Canaan himself. Perhaps he had a revelation that this is where my family is to go. Perhaps he knew this is where we are to be. This is where we should be. This is our destiny. But he settled in Haran. And God then speaks to Abram and says, you know what? Go to a place I will show you. Notice he didn't tell him exactly where. He just says, go, I'm going to show you where to go. He leaves his country, and en route, he now knows, oh, this is where God wants me to be, the land of Canaan, not realizing that God was leading him to a place that his father should have brought him. Can I tell you this? Bold money is this, deciding not to settle for things that maybe those that came before you settled for. Is it possible that there are things that God wants to do with you that he first wanted to do with your earlier generations? And it would have been very easy for Abram to say, you know what? We were going to go to Canaan, but this is cool too. Let's settle here. Many people settle, and God is saying, listen, the time for settling is over. Now, I just feel to say this, because I think sometimes people have a wrong connotation of money, they, especially when they hear it about in church. They think that it's just to gather it just for your own self. No, no, it's to be a blessing. It's to be a blessing. To Notice what God said to Abraham. I will make you a blessing. And you, all the families of the earth, shall be blessed. I want to use you to bless others. And if we're going to live in bold money, we got to think beyond ourselves. Can somebody say amen to that? I said this last week. Let me say it again. You got to dream beyond yourself. If your dreams just have to do with you, I'm going to be bold to say this, you're selfish. And it could sound like you're humble. I don't need much. All I need is this. All I need is that. Lord, you don't have to bless me with much. All I need is a place to sleep. All I need is a place to, all I need is this. All I need, all I need. How about we extend the I to others that God may want to use you to bless? Lord, I'm good. I don't need more. I don't need more for myself. But, Lord, I, I choose to receive more so that I can do more for others. Amen. Come on, I'm excited about this. I want you to really pull on this because I believe that many of us have settled for what we have seen. And God wants to unveil something more to you. And it starts with your prayer life. It starts with you saying, Lord, give me a broader vision for my life than what I've seen. Show me more than what I've known. Show me more Show me more than what I've prayed for. Show me what you want me to do. I want to live boldly, not inwardly and, 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 and in a defensive posture. I want to go beyond my own life. This is what you call leaving a legacy. How many legacy leavers do we have here? 
You're going to leave a legacy. I remember Chris Rock said something very funny. He said, black people leave a bill, white people leave a will. You know, and, <laughs> and it, 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 you laugh because, but a lot of times people laugh because that's been their experience. I'm telling you, you're a legacy lever. In the name of Jesus. This was bold. Leave your country. Let me tell you something. Let me show you another person where God was saying, I want you to stay. See, boldness is not always doing something. Sometimes boldness is resisting the impulse you have to do something. And God was like, Abraham, I want you to go. But to somebody else, he said, I want you to stay. And that took a lot of courage because all signs were pointing to, you better get out of this place. This doesn't, there's no life here. There's no, there's, no, there's no prosperity here. Leave. And God was like, no, no, no. I actually want you to stay. Be bold and do what looks stupid. And that person is Isaac. Isaac found in Genesis 26, 1 to 6, there was a famine in the land. There was what? There was a famine besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I tell you. Dwell in this land. What land? This land. The land that is what? Famished. The one that has no food, no, no vegetation, no life. I want you to dwell here. But, but God doesn't make any sense. Yes, it does. I want you to stay here. Why? There's a famine here. All the jobs are down south. <laughs> All the big houses are there. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I know. This is bold money time. Time to do something that might not make sense. There's a time where I'll tell you to go and leave your country. I said that to your dad. But for you, I want you to stay. And I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants, Notice the language that God uses. He's thinking legacy. For to you and your descendants, I give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to your Abraham, to Abraham your father, and I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because, because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. That's a lot of things he kept. What did he keep? He obeyed his voice, kept his charge, his commandments, his statutes, and his laws. He says, because he did all of this, I'm going to bless you. But all I need you to do is to stay in this land. Now, notice this. That's all, that's all God said. He didn't tell Isaac, do this and do that once you're in the land. He's like, I just want you to stay in this land. There's a reason why I'm saying that, because... If you go down to verse 12, then Isaac sold in that land. What did he do? In the land of famine, he sold. In the land where nothing is happening, he sold. I was in the shower and the Lord just arrested me. I get a lot of revelation in the shower. I don't know about you. You know what? While I'm cleaning up, the Lord's like, yeah, let me show you something, you know? And I'm like, whoa, this is deep. The Lord was saying, notice. I didn't tell Isaac what to do in the land. I told him just to stay. And the reason why that's important is because this is what the Lord wants you to do. He doesn't just want you to commit to what he's telling you to do. He wants you to love the commitment. 
He doesn't want you to just, okay, God, fine. No, 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 no. Put your heart into what I'm telling you to do. And if your heart isn't what I'm telling you to do, I won't have to tell you much. You'll naturally know, let me sow into this land. Let me preserve this land. Let me keep this land. Let me do the best I can with this land. Why? Because God told me to be here. So, so long as I'm here, I'm going to love what God has told me. And I believe some of you, God has told you certain things. And you're obeying, but you're not happy obeying. And as a result, this is what you're doing. Okay, fine, God. I'll do it. I'll just be here. Fine, God. Okay, I'll just do it. Okay, I, I just won't do that. And creativity stops. You don't see anything beyond what you're feeling. Okay, God, I'll be faithful. Fine. I'll be faithful to, I'll be faithful to my husband. I'll be faithful to my wife. Fine. I, I won't cheat. Fine. Cool. I'm just going to sit here and just not cheat and be here. Just here. Mad. How about beyond being committed to what God told you to commit to, you love the commitments. You give your heart to what God has told you. God told you this is not the time to leave this job. Okay, fine, God. I'll be here. You can have that attitude. Or you can be like, you know what, God? Amen. Praise God. You want me here, like right now? Well, that means there's something special here right now. So let me sow here right now. And let me get excited about where I am right now. Because if I can get excited about where I am right now, then I'll sow, I'll bless, I'll be committed, I'll do everything I can do as if I love being where I am. And that's when breakthrough takes place. God didn't tell Isaac so. He said, just stay here. I'm going to bless you. Isaac could have been like a little brat. Okay, fine. Do, do something. I heard, I heard you know, you, you have all power. I want you to send some food. I'm just gonna, no, no. Isaac said, fine. You know what? You want me here? Great. No problem. I'll make the best of it. It's a famine. I know everybody's leaving. I know it doesn't make sense to stay, but I'm going to be here. I'm going to love here. I'm going to sow here. And what happened? He sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper, continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. This is what happens when you obey God. Sometimes God will tell you to go. Sometimes he will tell you to stay. Whatever he is saying, do it and do it with a heart of gratitude and love for the process and the commitment that you're committing to. And that's when you see breakthrough. Hallelujah. Yeah, Lord, thank God for this job. Thank God for this neighborhood. It's not time to move yet? No problem. That means the economy is, is turning in my favor. Every delay is working in my favor. Oh, it's, it's time to go? Oh, wonderful. That means there's some, but I'm comfortable here. But you're saying it's still time to go? No problem. That means there's something better on the horizon. Whatever it is you're telling me, I'm okay with it. Because at the end of the day, what I have is not my source. So I can easily let it go. Glory to God. Leaving a legacy. I want you to see this. I want to just harp on three things and I'm done. God wants you to leave a legacy of obeying God's voice. He wants you to leave a legacy of obeying God's voice. Notice Isaac, what he heard. 
He says, I'm going to bless you because your father obeyed. I have some of, many of you, most of us probably don't have children here. We're all still, you know, doing our thing, you know, figuring things out. And maybe one day you'll have children. Some of you already have children. I don't care where you are with that. If you want children, I want to I wanna really tell you this. Let your children know you to be someone who obeys the voice of God. That's a legacy that you cannot replace. And if they know this of you and this is true of you, there will be certain things that they experience just because you obeyed. Glory to God. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, I'm not, I don't have a problem with nepotism. I don't have a problem with children being favored and blessed because of their parents and things are easier for them. I, I don't. I don't know if you guys do. I know some people have the old school mentality of, oh, you got to work hard because your parents, you know, I worked hard, you work hard. No. Mom and dad, you work hard so I could work a little less hard. You know, I, I don't want to be lazy now, but I want things to be easier. Am I only, some of you don't, you don't believe that. You're like, no, you want things to be hard for your kids. No, but that's a real thought. Some people think like that. No, no, I, 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 I have to walk four miles to the snow. You're walking four miles to the snow to go to school. No, that's not how I see things. I, I, I think things should get better. And I, I know parents like that. They want things harder for their kids because they think, they think it makes them tough. Nah, no, 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 no. What makes them tough is you teach them the right things, and that is obey the voice of God. Amen. Thank God. God didn't see it that way. He could have said, you know what? Hey, Jesus was crucified on the cross. You got to be crucified on the cross. <laughs> Anybody glad he, he didn't say that? I'm I'm glad. No, no, no. Jesus, Jesus had to go to the nails. and the, No, you, you go to the same thing. No, he didn't do that. He said, when he was crucified, so were you. Glory to God. When he was being vilified, so were you. You may not have experienced it, but I put it into your accounts. Yeah, thank God. I made things easier for you. Leave a legacy of obeying God's voice. Can somebody say amen to that? Leave a legacy of making bold moves and not settling. The best way for your children and for those who come after you and those who are inspired by you to be inspired by God is to see you living God's plan for your life. Bold move. What is a bold move? You guys can talk to me. Tell me. I mean, listen, boldness can be a lot of different things. So it's not one size fits all. Something can, be, can seem small. But it's very bold to somebody else, and that's fine. So I don't want to, I don't want to relegate boldness to oh, it's got to look like this. No, no, everybody has a different bold move to make. But I believe you might have a bold move. For some of you, it's cutting up those credit cards. That's a bold move. That's bold, because that means I really gotta trust God at a different level. You don't know what that means. Like, I, you mean to tell me get rid of Visa, like Mastercard, and Visa, and Discover? That means I really got to trust God at a different level. That might be bold. What's another bold move? Starting a business. Oh, that's bold. You mean quit my job? And you might not have to quit right now. I know, I know people are quick to quit, you know. They're like, yeah, I'm quitting, you know. <laughs> and, you know, so, so there's, there's levels to this, you know. Don't quit unless you can 
can't. Now, let, let, me, let, let me help you here. Let me help you here. I got I got Because some people quitting and they're putting their responsibility on other people. And they're like, I'm trusting God. No, you're trusting your mom. Let's be honest. I'm trusting God. No, you're trusting your dad. Right? If you really trust in God, live on your own. Jesus. Did I say that? So let's not be phony about it. I'm trusting the Lord. No, you're trusting the person who's paying your rent. Now, if you're working, let me help you, and you believe God is calling you to be an entrepreneur, to own your own business, to do something like that, there may be a time where you're doing both, and that's okay. And that bold move can come to a point where you feel like and God is pushing you, okay, now you're going to have to take a leap. That means you don't know exactly where you're going to land. All right? You, that's what it means, like a leap of faith. You don't know exactly where you're going to land because you just know there's nothing to land. You can't land here. So you got to take a leap here. Trust me, that might be a bold move for you. A bold move might be applying for you know, there's a lot of funding out there, especially for people who want to open up businesses, especially for minorities, especially for women. There's a lot of funding available. Bold move could be, you know what, let me go and discover what's out there for me because others are doing it. And bold could be, I'm going to do that even if I'm rejected. I'm willing to do it. That could be a bold move for you. What else is a bold move? Give me one more. Bold move. <laughs> Steady. Okay, look at that. You want that? I like that because you know what? There's a lot of people who feel like God wants to move upon them in some kind of way. But because of people that are near them and beside them and they're afraid that people are going to look at them and judge them, they stay reserved. So if you got to jump up and dance and get excited because you believe the Lord is saying something to you, you can do that. If that's your bold move, be bold about it. This is the time to make bold moves in Jesus' name. Somebody said, this is my time to make a bold move. Last thing, leave a legacy of land. Yes, I said that. Leave a legacy of land, houses, and possessions. How, how am I going to do it? I'll tell you step one. Believe that you should. Let me just, I'll leave it there. Believe that you should. If you believe that you should, the Lord will direct the rest. We don't get over that part. We get, no, no, I work for mine. You know, I work for yours. I, I did this. You got to do this. No, Lord, I want my kids to work. I want them to work hard. I want them to be diligent. I want them to do all that stuff. But I want to leave them something. I want things to get easier for them from generation to generation. Notice the language that God speaks to Abraham, to Isaac, even to Jacob. He constantly talks about land, possessions to your descendants. This is how God sees things. So I declare you're not only going to be a landowner, but you're going to be a legacy lever of lands, houses, and possessions. Some of you can receive that. Some of you can receive. That's a bold move. Lord, make it happen in my life. By the time I go and close my eyes and go to be with you, I want to be able to leave something to my children in the name of Jesus. Come on, is that, is that your desire? Yeah. Now, let that be your prayer. Let God expand you. That's just a few. I can give you a lot of bold moves. 
How about starting a foundation? Yeah, I want to I want to open up a school. I want to educate children. Amen. I want to how about starting a scholarship? Amen. Every year, I want to provide money to children who want to go to college or who want to have some other kind of extracurricular educational activity. I want to be a I, I want to be a benefactor. I want to give. Bold move. Amen. May the Lord fill your heart with bold ideas in Jesus name. Father, thank you for this word. We embrace it. We will walk in the boldness of the spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You're blessed. Now, I want to just close really quick. I want to just speak a word of prophecy over your finances. I've been doing it throughout the whole message, but I want to just close on this. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I prayed for many of you last week. But I just sense to close out again on this. The Lord wants to do something special in your finances, but you got to dream again. Some of you have stopped dreaming. You've just resigned to wherever you are. You're like, this is the way it's going to be. I feel the Lord is inspiring you to believe for more and believe for bigger. Would you just lift up your hand? Father, in the name of Jesus, may this message make sense to your people. Give by the Holy Spirit revelation and specificity as to how it connects with every person that has their hand raised. You will teach us the profit. Give us the plan. Show us the timing. Show us, Lord God, who, where, when, how. Do it in the name of Jesus. Those who are called to open up businesses, let it be opened up. Let there be no delay. Some of you have been sitting on it, but I call it out right now. No more delay in Jesus' name. Some of you... God has given you investment ideas. Oh, I sense that there's going to be opportunities to invest in different projects. Yes. Seek his face. He'll guide you, and you'll be blessed in those investments. Partnerships I call into fruition. You don't have to do it alone. The Lord will send you the right partners in the name of the Lord. Oh, I don't know what to do. The Lord will send you resources. He will inspire you and teach you on how to go about it. Receive it now. In Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. Um, do you receive that? Now, the proof of the pudding is in the eating, right? And I want to really encourage you. Do something with what you heard today. Do something with what you heard today. And you'll see yourself blessed because of it. Here's one thing you can do. Here's one thing you can do. The culture of money. <laughs> I want you to apply. I want you to register for this. This is going to be a very important, um, a very important workshop that we do.